Welcome to Indie Depth, the show where we go in-depth with independent filmmakers about the filmmaking process. I'm your host, Andrew Froning, and today with me, I have feature filmmaker Anthony Katniss. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Now, um, you've got a movie that has come out on uh, physical release and video on demand, the new cool thing that all the kids are doing, renting movies and buying movies um, from the cloud. That's pretty cool, man. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, the movie's called Girls Just Want to Have Blood. And you can pretty much get it anywhere DVDs are sold uh, online, or you can get it directly from me. Uh, and it's all, yeah, like you said, on vi uh, video on demand. And it's also on uh, VHS through horrorboobs.com. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, I pre ordered on Amazon.com, just the DVD. Um, but I didn't get VHS. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they announced it just a little bit after the DVD. I don't think that's like been pushed yet, but oh, it's coming yeah. out. Well, that's super special. That's almost like like the vinyl releases that ba new bands are doing. Yeah, like we have a, a VHS of our last movie we did, High Death, and that sells better than the DVD. Whoa. And it's it's weird because it's so much. It's like twenty five dollars for VHS, and people are more willing to throw twenty five dollars at us for a VHS than ten bucks for a DVD. Do you think it's a nostalgia thing, or do you think it is more of like, oh, this is a collector's item? No, I think it's more like within the VHS community, people like to watch. Like me, I, I'm a VHS collector. I have over like a thousand VHS tapes that I've had throughout the years. I just like watching movies on VHS, especially horror movies, because there's, there's a warmer feel to it. It looks better. It sounds, especially when you get a real old one. I remember when I first saw Evil Dead, hmm. was like an old copy that's been used in thousands. You know what I mean? I probably saw it for the first time in like the early 90s. So it's been sitting in a video store for 10 years already, and it was dark, it was grimy, the sound was off, which made it like a thousand times scarier. And when it came, <laughs> and when it came out on DVD, I was like, all right. I popped in, I was like, oh, nah, this sucks. I like the VHS version better. Just because it had all the grime and all the years of people watching it. and Some horror movies, when you clean them up and digitally remaster them, you lose, you see too much and you lose that. Sure. Uh, you know what I mean? You lose a little bit from it. Yeah. So I know a lot of people even now will take current, there's people who will take a current film, put it on VHS, and then sell it on VHS. Oh, so VHS rips. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll take like any movie. Like they'll put like you know the Mandalorian on VHS, and people will eat it up and watch. You know, they'll even make it square. Yeah, I just was watching. Watching old. Yeah, so and a lot of people too. They always they have like their flat screen, and then they have their old school '90s TV that they only watch VHS stuff on. Just to... oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, my VHS player stopped working unfortunately, but I, I've got. Tons of old movies. Most of them are like kids' movies, but I've got like bootleg yeah. versions of of Jaws that my uncle made me so I could watch. And it cuts off at the very end, so I never knew exactly what happened after they started swimming the shore. And then I finally got the DVD, and it turns out that there's just a couple birds, and then the credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> All those years, and that's what it was. Yeah, I, I was really like expecting, like, oh, he's gonna go back. His kids, he's gonna hug his kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the I love the dub VHS, especially like when they're blank. You don't know what's going to be on them, and you have like people who have like seven movies on there. You know what I mean? And then speaking of what you were saying, my first copy of um, Empire Strikes Back was dubbed, hmm. and my grandma did it. But what she did before she gave it to me, I don't know if she realized it or not. 
Uh, I don't know how old your audience is, but do you remember the Challenger space spaceship that exploded? I remember so, hearing about it. I, it wasn't like I was a little after my time. Uh, so she she taped that. It was on the tape. So every time I watched <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, it would be the Challenger exploding, and then the movie would cut in. Like it taped over the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. So I never really knew how how Empire Strikes Back started. Like when Luke's in the cave and all that. I was just going to say, so like the space shuttle explodes, Luke <laughs> wakes up in a cave. It's after that. It's like when they're all coming out of the, the uh, whatever, their, their fort, their headquarters yeah. and stuff. So like for half my life, I didn't know how Empire Strikes Back started. <laughs> One of my... I always, and every time I watch Empire Strikes Back, I just think of the Challenger exploding. One of my good friends. Funny, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> fondly for some reason right? <laughs> one of my good friends um, she always tells us about the first time first few times she's watched Back to the Future because it was on VHS and someone had started to record like the beginning of a commercial where some guy's just like dancing and <laughs> she's like I always expect that guy to dance at this part <laughs> and it's just so weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, things like that, you get used to it when you watch them, you know what I mean? You're like, ah, oh, I like that so much better. Another reason I like VHS is you ever watch an old movie, and then they'll put, like, the new logo? Yeah. Like, Universal Studio, Universal Films, if you watch Back to the Future, they'll put their newest logo on it, but not the logo that was originally on the film, and that drives me insane. Yeah, Because yeah. like, I don't want this CGI logo from 2020, I want the one from... 1985 when the movie came out you know i even see some of them like they'll have like as a separate file that plays before if you're watching like the display on some movies they'll play like the new version but then they'll go back and they'll show the older one and i think it's typically right. when they have music under it yeah yeah when they have music under it they'll definitely keep but i know it's like a lot of streaming services and stuff they'll put the new ones which just drives me insane yeah i guess they just want to get to the movie faster or something yeah i i'm with you there so VHS. So, yep. so is there a big? There's a big community for this. Oh, huge, huge VHS community. Like they have swaps. You know, I mean, they have big. Uh, I don't say conventions, but you know what I mean. Like uh, uh, shows where people just have boxes of VHS and they swap them out, things like that. Oh wow! And uh, again, especially in the horror film community, you put something on VHS. You know, I mean, me, me, I buy it. I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to. I want this on VHS. <laughs> it's expensive. It's expensive, but. People will pay will will pay the money for it, you know. Yeah, well, like you said, it was it's a warmer feel, which is what people always say about vinyl. It's a warmer sound. It's it's not right. as digitally crisp. Um, it's got some life to it. Yeah. So that's interesting because like I've got a ton of Rugrats VHSs at some point. They're all like orange. I'm like this is the coolest yeah, yeah. thing ever. <laughs> that's the best is to find like the old Nickelodeons and then dub over them so you have just a bunch of orange tapes and things like that that's another thing people will customize and paint the actual tapes hmm. which okay. is pretty cool yeah that's that's insanely cool I had no idea yeah. that that was a thing yeah it was a huge underground thing and it's mostly in the horror community you think yeah I would think so I mean most stuff in the collecting I think nowadays especially with like physical media is really the horror crowd you know, I mean, there might be people here and there buying DVDs. Like, if you go to anywhere that sells DVDs anymore, I mean, the section, you know what I mean? It's like, you might as well be selling books. Right. People don't want them so bad. <laughs> but most, you'll notice, most of them are like low-budget horror stuff, because that's what people are buying, and the horror community is really still into supporting 
their own. You know what I mean? Like they sure. want to buy movies from people. They, I have people hit me up like, I want to buy this directly from you. I want you to hand it to me. I want to hand you the money. Wow. I want to make sure you're you're seeing something from it. Because like if you buy like movies on Amazon, I get like a penny. You know what I mean? And we have to sell 5,000 of them. But I, not, nothing against Amazon. I think it's great that it's getting out there. and people. You know what I mean? It's getting out to millions of people that I would never. Sure. Yeah, they're doing the hard you know? work. But it's cool yeah. to have that um, contact with your fans. Yeah, that's why I like conventions. That's really why I like sitting at a table, talking one-on-one, letting them know a little bit about the movie. You know, I mean, they get to, like, talk to me a little bit. So you get to meet your filmmaker. You know, it's like meeting Sam Raimi just trying to sell you a copy of Evil Dead back in, you know, the 80s. And you're like, oh, awesome. I remember. And there's a bunch of dudes, a bunch of cats who I met through the conventions who did that. I bought off them. They went on to do big things, you know. And I'm like, dude, I remember sitting there talking to that guy just like this. You know what I mean? And everybody's excited. And it's just a really cool community because everybody wants to help each other and wants to keep it going. You know what I mean? And keep everything cool i don't know <laughs> yeah no that's great so how involved are you with um your new movies vhs release are you involved at all or do you have any oversight over that no not really it, it, it comes out through the wild eye releasing which put out the dvd and does the video on demand stuff and then the, the vhs company is called horror boobs and they put out high death and then he just hit me up he's like hey i just need some photos for vhs i'm like oh awesome he's like so and he designed the post the the covers and all that stuff and with stuff like that i'm like these guys know what they're doing this is like their this is what they do for a living so i don't want to be like oh you should use this or do that or right. do that they know it's like they know and plus like with these movies it's always like from beginning to end of making it i'm doing everything basically you know what i mean I, my company's two people so we're basically doing everything so it's like nice once it goes off to just have other people be like you know, because I have people, like, when artwork comes back, people are like, oh, I don't like that artwork. Oh, I'm like, look, this is what sells. This is what the distribution company, you know, thinks it'll do. Even with, like, changing the title. People are like, oh, why'd you change the title? Because Girls Just Want to Have Blood can actually be in a store, and people would pick it up and watch it more than Teenage Blood Sucking Bimbos, which is good for a laugh and is a cool... It's a niche market, you know what I mean? You can only hit so many people with it, like Sodomaniac. You know, it's like, yeah, it's funny, it's a good movie, but I'm never surprised when people are like, oh, I don't want to watch that. Oh, that sounds weird. Or, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> right, I mean, and it, sound, it sounds like more like a a girl's like coming-of-age story versus something that might be a little more exploitative. Right, and that's another thing, yeah, because if you like Google, like if you Google, like if you look for Sodomaniac, oh, you're going to get some things other than my movie. <laughs> So same thing with teenage blood-sucking bimbos. You have teenage bimbos. You're going to end up with a lot of stuff that's not the movie. And plus, people are like less willing to put that on their website. Plus, with like the cop, the climate of things today. You know, I mean, even just, you know, as much as it's, we, we like to have fun and be offensive and stuff, we don't want to actually, like, offend it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to yeah. just be like, hey, F you. It's more like, look, this is fun. We want people to be in on the joke, not, you know, have them mad at us. Plus, people, you know, like, they might not want that on their shelf. You know, a guy might like it, but his girlfriend might be like, nah. But right. girls just want to have blood. They're like, oh, that sounds nice. And then they'll watch it and be like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's a brilliant rebranding. I mean, just from the artwork to everything, it just, it really elevated it to, like, that next level where it's something you'll scroll by and you're like, oh, this poster's dope. Or, you know, like, the title is witty. So right. I want to check it out. Um, yeah, I, th I think if we kept the original title, we wouldn't have been getting all the 
because this began like a lot of press and it's been out there a lot. And I don't think it would have gotten half of that if we stayed with the original title. Right. Now I want to talk about your perseverance in getting this film to where it was because it's a feature film. Um, where did you start budget wise, and then after that, like, what hurdles did you have to have to go through? How long is this show? <laughs> I'm still going through hurdles. Nah, I mean, it started again just like any movie that I, that I make. I start with a title. So my first thing is, oh, the, I, I, I want to make, after making Sodomaniac, I was like, I want to make something a little bit more broad that, like, you know, I mean, isn't about a guy in a butt mask going around attacking guys. Like, something that more people could like. I'm like, okay, vampires. And I, the last movie was all dudes. So I was like, okay, I want it to be girls. You know, I want to work. I, I want to work with girls, and then I had thought of the title, and I'm like, okay, vampires. And I just kind of uh, again started with no money because writing—that's the one thing people need to understand. Writing is free; it doesn't really cost that much. Programs are free; you're just paying for electric. That's on anyway. Um, so I wrote the script and sent it out. I did one draft, way too long. I think it was like 200 pages or something, wow. like a hundred some pages, which it shouldn't have been. <laughs> I should have I should have done a rewrite. But I was like, up. Oh. And just started in motion. We started getting the actors together, and I think within a couple of months we were filming. Mm-hmm. And again, we had no, not a single dollar. We just everything came out of pocket. Um, and we got the crew together. You know, there's some hurdles. Like we had a guy who was gonna film it. And again, we're not paying anybody. We're not getting paid nothing. So we had a, a guy who was gonna film it, but then he got a paying gig. Yeah. Like two days before we're supposed to start filming. So luckily. Uh, Jeff Stewart jumped in. He's like, okay, I'll film it. Because he was helping produce the movie. So he said, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll film it. I was like, okay, cool. Then my actress quit. One of my lead actresses quit. Because her boy, I don't whatever. She was uncomfortable with the script. And I said, okay, we can, whatever you're uncomfortable. That's another thing, too. It's like, I, I always write stuff. And I'm like, this will not happen. But let me put it in. Let's see what I can get. <laughs> yeah. And with this one, surprisingly, I was like, wow, we really got a lot of stuff I never thought, you know, I mean, I wrote it in there. It might be on two things that I, that we didn't get out of everything I wrote in there. So then within two days, I had to find another actress. And then that's where Penny, I call, I always called Penny. That's why I love, I have a, I'm lucky enough to have a small group of actors who work in all my films. So if I need someone, I'm like, hey, I need you to come show up. Could you come and do this? Same thing happened with Alan in the movie. I had a guy drop the day before. So I'm like, Alan, please, can you just come and do this? I'm begging, this is begging <laughs> So you did that, and then hurdles, really, I mean, everything other than, it's really time is money. And when you don't have money, you don't have time. Because I'm not saying you need money for this, it's, it's, when you're not paying people to be around for 20 hours a day, they start to get a little, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're like, uh, inching towards the door. Right, they're like, oh, this has been all day, you know, and so you're like, that's really, it's time management trying to get it all shot. But we did, we got it all shot, and then editing. That's the only other hurdle is, again, it's me and Sarah Casey, who's my uh, partner in, my, in DIY films, and then I'm editing the whole thing, you know what I mean? So that was really, a, took a while, because again, we're, this isn't our day job, you know what I mean? So it's day job, then you get together twice a week to, to try to cut the movie together. So taking, that took forever. And then like special effects, which are not our specialty, like, so we're learning how to do that stuff while trying to get it done. But uh, again, I think everything came out cool, and uh, we had a really cool soundtrack, which was easy. I had a guy, Drew Rizzo. He's super into 80s metal, and I was like, I want. I wrote this whole, that's another thing I do before I write a movie. I decide what music 
is going to be in it. Okay. So, like, this new movie I'm, I'm starting once this quarantine is over, I said, okay, I want it all to be, like, uh, experimental jazz music. So while I'm writing, I'm listening to that music, and while I'm thinking of my shots, I'm listening to that music. So this one was I wanted to be all 80s hair metal. And while doing it, I had real songs, and then I'm like, I'm never going to get the right song songs. And I was thinking, like, I'm in a band. I know people who've been in bands. And a couple movies I've used some friends' bands from high school. So I was like, wait, in the 80s, somebody must have wanted to sound like Poison. There had to be some band from New Jersey that wanted to sound like Poison. So I told Drew, I was like, Drew, find all your old friends. Ask them if they have demo tapes. Here's the bands I'm looking for. And he just sent me a bunch of awesome music that really was better than the stuff I was I want. You know what I mean? So I, my Poison song, I felt, was better than the band that did it was better than the Poison song. And it's more original, too, because it's not just like, oh, it's this Poison song who everyone has associations with. Right, right. Which has its good and bad. You know what I mean? Because with having an association, you put it in a song, in a movie, everyone's like, yo! You know what I mean? Oh, it's Poison! It's not like I'm watching something and, oh, that might be a cool track. Right, right. But it I'm happy. So we used all that. That was a really cool thing, which is if you, again, if you need music for movies, I know we're supposed to be like teaching people things here, but if you need music, reach out to your local artist or reach out to people who play instruments. They're probably more than willing just to throw you stuff, you know, especially if it's like a band. A lot of guys are in bands who put out records 10 years ago who would love to, to put their song in something to keep it going. So, sure. so yeah. yeah, so then I don't know. The other hurdles were trying to get to festivals, which again, th- this is a movie where. I make movies that some people, I don't want to say don't get it. It's just not their thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I make USA Up All Night drive-in movies. So it's, it's not always what people are looking for, you know? Right. Yeah, it's you've got this. your own niche, which is awesome because you know that niche so well. Right. Like you want no matter, to... I'm sorry. I was going to say, just... you're wearing a zombie shirt, dude. Like, you know these films. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's no matter how broad I try to make something, I always end up like... I'm thinking, like, people review this movie, like, oh, it's it's depraved, it's perverted. I'm like, this is tame. Like, this is, like, the tamest <laughs> thing I've ever done. I was trying to be tame. I'm like, oh, man, I'd hate for you to see, like, my early stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that keeps me my goal. I'm just slowly getting people, kind of like John Waters. He started out like, oh, shit, and then eventually, you know what I mean, made a family comedy. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I'm trying to but with those movies, you need, again, time is money. I can make a van- cheap vampire movie. Could I make Slumdog Millionaire with no money and actors who, you know what I mean? Can't, you know, so it's kind of like, that's what I, that's what one thing, a hurdle I always struggle with is what are we trying, what can we do, what do I want to do, and what can we actually do? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I feel like, especially with horror and like the down and dirty horror, there's a lot more forgiveness and leeway for say like production values like you're not expecting it to be this this work of art it's it's like no this is something that you're supposed to feel a little uncomfortable with right right and, and sometimes a lot of times i feel it adds to it like i said about watching harvey's on vhs when people film like i as good as like multi-million dollar hollywood harvey's look they never have that grimy feel to me like it always just feels like oh i'm watching a hollywood movie where something like august underground where it's shot on vhs and the the effects are like amazing you're, you know what i mean like and they show the gore it makes you feel a little bit more uneasy and i don't want to say scared but you know well, you know, i mean you look at like, blair witch you look at paranormal activity i mean right they're kind of low down and dirty 
things yeah. and it adds to it and i mean the only hollywood thing that i can ever say i really felt kind of like skeeved out by was the texas chainsaw massacre remake there's, oh yeah there was yeah. just something about that that just like got under your skin just the look of it i don't know if it was the lighting the brown tones what right i think hostel did a pretty good job hostel is yeah eli roth as much as, as, much as people hate that but you're still gonna get crap no matter what someone's gonna think that you know oh, it's just torture porn I'm like well, it was grimy and it was it was fun same thing with blair witch like looking at how that came out was like revolutionary but then everybody did it yeah. there's still people are still making that movie remaking that movie to this day so it's kind of like after a while it does lose its luster you know you got you got to still kind of reinvent what's going on even if you want to do it in that way too that's another thing i try to do even if i'm doing a vampire movie i try to think how has this not been done you know what i mean where, where can i do a little differently okay that and I, maybe that i've never seen from some of the um, reviews or quotes or things I'd seen um, along with Girls Just Want to Have Blood, I have people say it's like an original vampire movie, which is super cool. So how, obviously you're a connoisseur of all these older movies. How do you take a step back and be reverent to the genre but also put your own spin on it? Uh, well, I tried. Again, I just tried. I, I I sit there and I just thought like every horror, every zombie, zombie vampire movie I've seen. I'm like, okay, they've done this and that. And really, one of my big ones was Lost Boys. I'm like, this is one that still relevant. You know, I wasn't wa- watching or thinking of Interview with a Vampire. I wasn't going to make Dell that. I mean, I did research on vampires to add jokes here and there, but I wasn't trying to make this epic biblical vampire movie. I wanted to make a fun because really, it was after I saw Spring Breakers. I was like, oh, I'm gonna make a movie like that. Like that was cool, but again, I make horror, I make horror movies. I'm like oh, I'll make them vampires, and I was like, ooh, Lost Boys, and I was like, and I also love Mean Girls. Yeah. So I was like, what if we put Lost Boys and Mean Girls together? I don't think that's been done. I hope it hasn't. Maybe a little bit here. So I was like, let's put Lost Boys and Mean Girls together, and boom. You know, that's my elevator pitch. Nice. And I, I, you know, I mean, so you have this girl. You know, it's, same thing. You got these Mean Girls picking on this girl. She ends up going with these vampires they go to the girls now it's this girl wants to get away from the vampires you know what i mean break it down that easy you know nice so i mean i always try to like do that little remixing with stuff that i've done like my web series the connection it's superheroes mixed with uh film noir detective genre and just cram that stuff together find what i love about that and try to present it in a new way yeah sometimes i'm like have writer's block i'll just grab i'll close my eyes and grab two VHS tapes or DVDs and throw them together, whatever the combination is. So it'd be like, oh, wow. it'd be like, it'd be like Human Centipede meets Rushmore. I'm like, okay, how do we do Human Centipede? And what's what's good with that is you can go to the quick one right away, or you can say, what do I like about this movie? You know, what I mean, you could end up with a script that no, that's not as clear as Lost Boys meets Mean Girls. You know, what I mean, you might go, really, you got that's that's how you came to this idea because you might whatever idea you take from, like the idea from. Uh, human centipede just might be the tone you know what i mean so now you take rushmore and you're changing it to have a human centipede to- tone or you take rushmore and somebody's he instead of them fighting for the girl he does weird experiments to the guy to make him to make the girl break up with him. you know what i mean that's just two dumb ideas i just thought of right now but that's kind of the way i work i'm like okay how can i because to have something familiar for people as original as you want to be you still no matter what you still want something people can c- connect with you know right Especially if you're trying to make money. If you if you don't care, just do whatever the fuck you want. Well, <laughs> yeah, I always think of it like, all right, I'm someone at Blockbuster, 
or you know I'm surfing Netflix. What am I going to latch onto? Like, what's what is going to jump out? It's it's definitely associations because if you're going to make a samurai movie, like it better look something like Akira Kurosawa's. It's got to have that homage right. to it, or it's just it might lose people. Yeah, or at least show me you respect it. You know, I mean, you don't have to necessarily like rip. You know, like Ghost Dog. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell he has this respect for samurai movies. Like, okay, he's not doing, he's not remaking the movie, but you can tell he has respect. For it. And that's again what you were saying with like scrolling. It's having a good title. So I always start with a title because, especially when you try to pitch it to people, you have a good title. Like when I was doing Teens Blood Second like Bimbos, people were like, whoa, yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, Girls is not blood. People are like, what? And the only downfall of this new title is I constantly have Girls just when that fun song stuck in my head, dude. Oh my god, I knew I was going to interview you and like I pre-ordered it and every time I thought of it that song pops in my fucking head. Right. <laughs> Which, and again, it, that shows you how good the title is because people are, you know what I mean? It's going to There's keep, the association. Yeah. And then hopefully whenever they hear that song, they'll think of the movie. Right. Yeah, whenever that pops on the radio, you're just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, oh yeah, remember that movie?" and I'll tell my friend about it. Yeah. And then again, I'm constantly singing that song in my head. Like I'll just be like, "Just one." Oh my gosh. There it is. <laughs> I tell people I didn't take it from the Cindy Lauper song. I took it from the Weird Al uh, "Girls Just Want Lunch." That's oh, where you. I got the title. <laughs> there you go. It's a little more original in that. Yeah. In that sense. So, did, was that your idea to change the title? Uh, it was like half and half. The distributor was like, "Look, we'll put it out under this title." That's because they're very like they don't say like you got to do this. Right. They're like like especially with Sonic Maniac. They're like. Oh yeah, we have been there pitching, trying to get into sign mode. I'm like, yeah, we have this, 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 and this, and this. We can get Walmart. We can do this. We can do that. I'm like, cool. You think Sodomania could get in Walmart? He's like, no. He's <laughs> like, you're fucking. He's called Sodomania. It's not getting in Walmart. I mean, my company can, but your movie ain't getting in there. And that's exactly when I was like, okay, I'm gonna sign with you because you're being honest with me. Sure. You know what I mean? Rather than blowing smoke up my ass. So with this, the distributor was like, look, you can keep the title, do whatever you want. It's your movie. But you're not. You're gonna have the same thing as when Sodomaniac. It's it's gonna close a lot of doors. But when you want these movies to be opening doors for you, you know what I mean. Like every movie I make, hope, which should be every filmmaker's next want to do any project you finish, you hope it's gonna bring you to that next step, and open up even the littlest of doggy doors. It's gonna open up something else. You know what I mean? Like girls just want to have blood, and Sodomaniac got me the parts in High Death. And the upcoming High Fear, and it got my new movie I'm working on now produced. So you know, so it's like even those little things to show people you can keep going. But yeah, the definitely changing the name was oh, that's the point of this. Sorry, I'm rambling. So they said you can change the cup with a different name, and so ahead, just try to think of some other names. And I was thinking about it too when we were making the movie. We were like, maybe we should change the name to you know, because like, oh, this is pretty good. You know, what I mean, let's. Uh, so then we were just thinking of names. And I like. I just wanted it to be something catchy. I didn't want it to be like vampire girls, blood, blood teeth, or anything. <laughs> and I guess we were just sitting around the way anything happens. And it was like girls just want blood. And everyone's like, "Oh, that's so stupid. That's so dumb. That's dumb." And I'm like, "That then it's perfect." I'm like, "The dumber we think it is, the better it's gonna be." Isn't, you know what I mean? Isn't that the funniest like instant reaction that you just have? You're just like, "Oh God, that can't be it." And then you think about it, and you're like, "Oh, wait a minute." Yeah, and that's one thing I've learned too is like, 
if you think it's dumb, it's probably the best idea. <laughs> you know? Well, a lot of movie titles are puns. Right. You know, and like I, it, I it just it makes titles. you think. <laughs> and again, yeah, it's just going to get people to look at it. And yeah, so that's basically what happens. Like, I hit the guy up. I'm like, okay, let's change it to this. He's like, brilliant. I love it. I think people are really going to dig that title. And I mean, other than the people who were around with the original title, because they have a connection to that title. Okay, sure. Everybody loves the title, and every article is like, oh, what a great title. And it's cool, because in the articles, like, uh, this May, they just want to remind you that Girls from That Blood. They can work the title into their stories and into the reviews and stuff like that. So that's always fun for them, you know, people reviewing it or something. You know what I mean? So they can play with it and stuff like that. No, it's um, great. It's a good choice. Come up with good titles. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll find out if it's a good choice. Uh, interview me again six months off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's important to have partners like the distributors who can, you know, they know what they do. They know right. it's going to sell, you know, maybe this one thing can't sell at Walmart, but you change the title and maybe that will sell at Walmart because Walmart is very strict on what they have. I don't think you can sell, like, the uh, parental advisory CDs. Oh, yeah, they make you edit them and yeah, stuff Yeah, like you need that. to have, like, the censored ones. So, right. They're a very family-oriented store in that case. In the store, but their website, they don't care. You can, like all of, like, even Sodomaniacs and all those websites, okay. you can order it there. But, like, Amazon, the streaming banned the movie. They wouldn't stream it. Really? Yeah, because it has to do with uh, rape. Even though there's thousands of movies on there like that, but because that's a thing with people like us struggle with, is we might have a movie that has been done a thousand times, but we're not distributed by Universal Studios. Right. So Universal can say, yeah, you have to put I Spit on My Grave, uh, or we're going to take away all these other movies. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, they got they some leverage. Le they have leverage where we're like, hey, why? there's nothing wrong with my movie. Why? And they're like, who cares? Get out of here. You're not. Same thing like with the MPAA. You know what I mean? Like Hollywood movies can get away with stuff and get a PG-13, whereas guys like us do it, and it's NC-17. You know? Right. They were fighting Hitchcock on, like, a flushing toilet in Psycho yeah. back in the day. <laughs> They'll fight you on anything. And they won't tell you why. They're like, nope, just go fix it. i got 20 minutes. And so many great movies have been destroyed, which I don't understand because they'll, they won't put them in theaters. But then when it comes out, remember, like, that big DVD boom of unrated? Like, unrated, yeah. unrated. Yeah. And it would sell like mad. And I'm like, why don't you just put these in the theater? Because, no, you can only take them in your own home where children can actually get, the people you're trying to protect can get to it. But again, I see it because, look, you go to the theater and you watch it, then the unraid comes out and then they get your money again. I think that's primarily yeah. what it was, you know. <laughs> they were just like, oh, okay, well, how do we get people to buy it? We add this really shitty scene back in, in yeah. the beginning that totally destroys this character, but we call it unrated. The only movie I liked better unrated was Step Brothers. I thought... The director's cut was way better than the theatrical. I have no idea which one I've seen now. I imagine it was unrated because it was... No, no, I did see both. Yeah, I do like the Step Brothers unrated a little Yeah, bit. which is weird because usually the longer... Especially comedies, if they're too long and they go on... This one was like, yeah, hell yeah, this well, was way better. That whole movie was just riffing back and forth between oh, John yeah. C. Riley and Will Ferrell. Like, that's why people want Step Brothers too because there's just so much more material there. But, you know, it'd probably I, no, be... No. Eh. I, I don't trust comedy sequels a lot just because I feel like it's funny as that premise and then once you try to extend it for another right. two hours, especially now too, the guys are older. I don't trust. I don't tr old people aren't funny. That's a joke. 
No one, <laughs> no one over thirty is funny. No, ourselves included. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, it's been a great chat, man. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. Where can we see your work? Uh, you can find you can find my movies anywhere. DVDs are sold, or you can hit me up directly, and I'll mail you one. Uh, uh, High Death is on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, Sodomaniac is on Google, YouTube, and there's a horror streaming service uh, called the Horror Midnight Society, I believe, that it's on. Uh, Girls Just Want to Have Blood should be on video on demand. I don't know exactly the sites right now. And... Um, Again, yeah, DVDs, if you just look it up, or you go to DIY Films, and that's why, like, why am I doing this? So it's DIWHYfilms.com, and we have all the links and things up there. Great, and I'll try to collect those links, put them in the description. Anthony, thank you so much for going Indie Depth. No problem, I hope I was helpful. <laughs>